Hey everyone, it's Tom, your favorite host of Let's Learn Everything, uh, if you exclude the British ones. Uh, anyway, just wanted to pop in to explain this episode, and also to let you know about some cool stuff coming up. So, this week's episode is going to be a rebroadcast of when we were on Just the Zoo of Us, and we're hosted by our friend Ellen. We basically got to combine our two podcast ideas, so we do a sort of a combination of their uh, animal rating and also our main topic question miscellaneous format, uh, and it was, a, it was such a delight. And we got to work together on a very special topic that's dear to all of our hearts, which is rats. Uh, I forget if we say it on the episode or if we mentioned it off mic, but one of the really fun things about this episode was we all, all three of us thought it was really cool that we got to work uh, collaboratively on an episode for once. You know, we, we did our own research ourselves, so it was still mostly a surprise for all of us, but we did get together to sort of assign who was working on what. And it felt cool to sort of build our topics together into one Voltron, like one one rat-shaped Voltron together. <laughs> uh, anyway, it was a delight. Uh, but I also want to let you guys know that the next episode won't be coming in two weeks. It'll be coming next week, March 23rd. And that's because it's going to be our Max Fun Drive episode. Uh, you'll hear more details about that then, but keep an eye out. Also, if you're in the New York City area, there's going to be a meetup, a Max Fun Drive meetup that Thursday also, March 23rd. Uh, and I'll be there. So come by, say hi. So we'll see you guys soon. But until then, rat, rat, rats, rats to ya, baby. Everybody, this is Ellen Weatherford. I'm here with Just the Zoo of Us, your favorite animal review podcast. And this week, this is unprecedented, never before happened. We have been taken over. <laughs> An invasive species has entered the chat. We have our fellow Maximum Fun show, Let's Learn Everything, which Woo! is spectacular, by the way. Oh, thank like, you. What a delightful show, huge fan, and so I'm really glad to have our friends from Let's Learn Everything here to help us learn everything about rats. But before we talk rats, let's meet our friends. Let's Learn Everything has three hosts, and let's start with Caroline. Say hi, Caroline. Hi. Hello, hello, hello. Caroline, what are your pronouns? My pronouns are they, them. Thank you for asking. Thank you. My background is biodiversity conservation. I've just finished my master's. Before that, I did my degree in biology. So I've got a very, very broad background, science-y stuff. I now work doing science communication at the Science Museum in London, which is really, really cool. That's awesome. Yeah, so that's what I do. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> Have you worked with rats? No, I haven't. Um, no rat experiments yet? So I've done mice experiments through my undergrad. So that's like the rodent side of thing. Yeah, this is a small rat, you know, <laughs> close enough. <laughs> They've got tails, right? But yeah, other than that, I have not had a whole lot of rat-based experience. Other than I just think they're so cute. They are. Aren't they such sweet little babies? 
we should set the tone early on and let people know, like, right off the bat, like, this is a pro-rat operation. Oh, yeah. For now. You'll see what my topic's going to be about mm. in a second. It's a fun one. Take some twists and turns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Caroline. Uh, next up, let's meet Ella. Say hi, Ella. Hi, Ella. Sorry, Dr. Ella. So <laughs> yeah. sorry. Oh, yes. Yeah, thank you very much. And I, I put some respect <laughs> on that name. Yeah. <laughs> and Dr. Ella, what are your pronouns? She, her. Thank you so much. I So I'm Dr. Ella because I've just finished my PhD in stem cells and regenerative medicine. And before that, I studied biomedical science. And now I'm working as a pub, I work in public engagement. I help researchers talk about their research. And uh, I'm a science communicator, really. Have you done any rat experiments? No, my whole uh, PhD project was in mice. And I could have done stuff in rats. But I thought they were too cute. And I didn't <gasps> want to. But the mice weren't? <laughs> this is a hot take. <laughs> mice look cute. Evil. Ooh, that's such a strong opinion about mice. Oh. I just, I don't think, I don't think that means they deserve to be experimented on. It's, an, it's just an, an, an un, unnecessary evil of uh, doing science to use rodents. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, rats, you know, they're so, um, they're so friendly and they recognise people. And so I, I just couldn't, couldn't bring myself to do it. I feel that. I've been bitten by mice way more than I've been bitten by rats. I've been bitten by a lot of mice. To be fair. <laughs> I was doing science on them. And uh, last but not least, let's meet Tom. Hi, Tom. Hi, just regular old Tom. No no prefix to append. Just Joe Schmo Tom. Not a... What's the goofiest prefix a person can possibly have? Uh, his lordship? Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Baron. Ooh, Baron, yeah. Tom. Baron. Baron Tom yeah. Esquire. <laughs> <laughs> And Tom, what are your pronouns? I use he, him. Thank you so much. And Tom, uh, let us get to know you a little bit. What's your story? Yeah. Uh, so I was originally went to school to study English and theater and then somehow flipped to studying cognitive science and computer science. And right now I do software development professionally and then also uh, science communication. I host a little podcast called uh, Let's Learn Everything. You might have heard um, of it. Ella and Caroline, I don't know if you're familiar. You've <laughs> Just heard a of little it? Oh, one. Cool. No, no big deal. It's so nice to meet fans like Caroline and Ella. <laughs> <laughs> Rude. Be so glad you're on the other side of the planet, Tom. Oh my goodness. <laughs> your first time listening to this podcast just the zoo of us we take animals and we rate them out of 10 in different categories of effectiveness ingenuity and aesthetics and on let's learn everything you take different topics science topic a general topic and then answer a question from listeners uh so we're gonna kind of meld the two together into a big beautiful delicious podcast soup (laughs) um but before we get into our categories i just wanted to introduce our critter a little bit so we're talking about rats which is a rodent that a lot of people only see as pests a lot of people see as pets a lot of people see as food for their pet snake, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've ever had a snake, this may be a food item. This might be a grocery. <laughs> for you. But I ha- have had pet rats. I used to have three 
male rats and they are i still maintain that they were among the best pets i've ever had in my life oh have y'all have y'all ever like been around rats like up close and personal yeah not personally when i was learning how to do animal handling for science you they teach you how to hold rats and you know make them happy and you hold them also they you have you, they teach you how to hold them to you and they look up mm-hmm. at you and they've twitched yeah. their little oh, noses and so that was cute. when I, I was like i cannot ever do anything to you you precious <laughs> baby i have to protect you with my life because yeah. <laughs> you do have to like cradle them yeah almost they're babies they're precious babies they're so cute they are caroline what about you uh i've had friends who've had pet rats in the past so it was a lot of my spare time going over and hanging out with their rats and just being absolutely obsessed with them and just being like <laughs> sat on the couch and they would like crawl over you and be like, oh yeah, I'm going to just like hang out with, with my friend's pet rats. So I feel like that really says a lot about my spare time. <laughs> <laughs> but it's nice when your friends have pets that you can just go spend time with in a small dose mm-hmm. and then you don't have to actually be responsible for them i say the yeah. same thing about babies i'm like oh it's great to hang out with this for like an hour and then to not have dose. to deal with it again <laughs> i have a, a similar situation where my friend the uh new york city transport system has a lot of pet rats that i visit a lot and <laughs> so it's nice you can just go underground and then say like hi to, to them like- Grab one, give it a cuddle, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe share a slice of pizza. Ooh, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's just a rat that you know. You don't have it. You just know it. Yeah. Like, that's just a yeah, rat we're neighbors. Yeah. yeah, that's my bud. We see each other around town sometimes. <laughs> oh, hey, taking me uptown again? All right, see ya. <laughs> have a good one. Catch you later. <laughs> <laughs> To get into our first category for rating the rats, which for us is effectiveness. So like physical adaptations, things are built into the animal's body that let them get their food uh, or things that are built in to help them not become food themselves or anything that is like physically built into the animal's body to let them do a good job of their goals. So Caroline, you've got this, you've got this category. Let's hear it. What do you give rats for effectiveness? I've taken this and I've put a little bit of a twist on it. I love it. So I'm going to be rating the rat's effectiveness for spreading plagues today. I love it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And Uh, how effective are they at spreading plagues? uh, I'm going to give them a solid nine out of ten. They're nailing it in the plague spreading department. They are so good at spreading plagues. They got that brand recognition. Yes. Um... (laughs) They have the market cornered. Yeah, they're on it. <laughs> you think plague, you think rat. <laughs> have you seen this this video game Plague Tale? No. They just had a sequel come out. I only know about it because I watched my husband play it. Uh-huh. And it is a whole game where you're like, you play as like a, an orphan during like the Black Plague. Yes, I, I've, oh, I saw a TikTok of someone, like someone's running and the, the, the rat's like pouring down. It's so interesting. It's the rat's almost have like fluid dynamics yeah mm-hmm. so the rats are like in these swarms that like behave like water it's really you know terrifying I'm yeah it- and you can like use a torch to like scare them away <sighs> and and like get through the streets without because if you if the rats swarm on you you die yeah so it's a it's a game where you have to like use all sorts of physics and puzzle solving to like navigate mm-hmm. through swarms of rats so that you don't <gasps> get the black plague and die i mean i'm so <laughs> glad you've mentioned the black plague or the black death 
because that's actually what I've written a lot about specifically today. Because, you know, we couldn't do something like fun and nice. No, I wanted to talk about the biggest (laughs) pandemic that we've ever gone through uh, as a species. So just, I take it we've all heard of the Black Death, right? Of course. You know her. Yeah, you know her. (laughs) (laughs) Um, For anybody who hasn't, because obviously this is a very European thing that happened, and obviously not everybody's from Europe. So it's essentially a bubonic plague pandemic that occurred in Europe, parts of Asia, and North Africa during the Middle Ages. There's been a few different bubonic plagues. The Black Death specifically occurred between 1346 and 1353. Still viewed as possibly the worst pandemic humanity has been through, with a possible death toll of 75 million to 200 million people. Oh in gosh. seven years? Yeah. That's like most of the people. It was like a third of the population of Europe. It really went for it. And like, we have no clue how many people actually died. Because like, death records at the time are either like really badly done or just don't exist anymore. That makes sense. And like, the people who died, so many people died that like, everybody was just put into mass burials, essentially. So like, there's just, there's no way of knowing how many people actually died. But it was a lot. And we mostly blame rats for spreading this pandemic around. Is this the fun topic that I was like, yeah, I'm going to talk about this today. This will do. Perfect. <laughs> How does the rat tie into the Black Plague? Like, what happened here? Um, the plague itself was caused by a bacteria called Yersinia pestis. I think Yersinia is the name of a character from The Witcher. That's Yennefer. Ooh. I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Um, That'd be a fun tie-in for a character. It could be a character in The Witcher, though, couldn't it? Very easily. Any writers for The Witcher that are listening right now, write that down. A great plague doctor name. Let us know. Oh, wouldn't it be? (gasps) If you have, like, a D&D character. I was literally just thinking that's that is like a plague doctor based D&D character named Yesenia. I might have to steal that for my next campaign. Free ideas. That's amazing. <laughs> We're all going to go to our own D&D games with exactly the same character. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what I was going to say is, it sounds like the culprit's not the rat. <laughs> sounds like it's, it's the bacteria's fault. It's, well, so like, you know, the bacteria did the actual unaliving part of it. Um, I really thought it was a vi- I thought it was a virus. I can't believe that this is a bacteria. Yeah, that, that's surprising to me for some reason. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. So the bacteria is the is the weapon. Yeah, the bacteria is the big bad, and the rats. So it's not even rats. There's still another layer in it. It's fleas on the rats that have the actual infection. Oh, so. So this is only like third degree crime yeah. that the rats are accomplices for. I don't think we can put blame on rats for this. Oh, opinions might change as we go oh. along. <laughs> oh boy. Um, so what happens essentially, according to the CDC, during uh, plague epizootics, many rodents that had infected fleas on them would in turn get infected and die, causing hungry fleas to seek other food sources of blood. That's what fleas tend to consume people and animals that visit the places where rodents have recently died from the plague are then at risk of getting infected from these flea bites and it's the flea bite exposure which results in primary bubonic plague typically so this is still something that we deal with now 
not quite to the same extent we were dealing with it during the Middle Ages, but that's essentially the pathway for this bacteria to get into us. I, I feel like I read that only a few people a year die of the plague now, but that it's still around. I think somebody got bubonic plague from like a, it was like a ground squirrel, yeah, wasn't it? Like yeah. a, mm. Something like that. Re- it was like a groundhog or something like last year. Mm-hmm. No, like, and when you see these stories, you're always like, oh my goodness, no, not 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 the bubonic plague again oh uh, we should be so worried about this like it never never went away and it's been around for like thousands of years it's just one of those things it just happened the circumstances were right for it to become a pandemic at this time basically but it it never left it just lingers we learned how to wash our hands yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) so as I was saying about, like, we don't specifically know how the plague or the Black Death began, we do have some little theories, which are really fun. The main one is that a change in climate in certain areas in Asia led to these infected rodents, specifically rats, needing to leave the places that they were inhabiting because, like, their resources were dwindling because of the change in climate. So this led to these rodents going to different places infecting more rodents these rodents would then die and then would infect humans so it was this huge chain reaction we can blame climate change for it possibly (laughs) (laughs) that's always the smoking gun at the end of the day it's always that (laughs) i I feel like climate change in the 1600s or 1300s wasn't really the same thing (laughs) so it's it's more a change in climate than climate change that's a really good distinction to make um and like these fluctuations happen naturally. Obviously, that's not what we're going through now. But yeah. Yeah. The, the most interesting part to me for that is this idea that there can be like migrations of rats. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that these populations are both so international and also like can move like that yeah, is really interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's that movement of rats which becomes a recurring issue for humans. Everywhere that there are humans, there are rats. It's just a thing, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> there's a really famous myth that you're never more than six feet away from a rat. <gasps> oh, that's comforting. <laughs> I've heard that about spiders. It, yeah, interesting, isn't it? You're definitely, there's definitely fewer than six feet between you and a spider right now, just to... <laughs> look to your left, look to your right. <laughs> there's a spider on your left and a rat to your right. <laughs> <laughs> Look look to the person on your left, look to the person on your right. If neither of them is a spider, you're the spider. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, that rat thing is a myth. I think in the I saw somewhere that statistically in the UK you're never more than hundred and sixty four feet away from a rat. Oh, that's further than I want to be from rats. Right. Yeah. <laughs> can we bring that can we bridge that gap a little bit? Let's bring that down. <laughs> Um, I guess I don't really want them in my house, though, so not wild ones. I remember this wasn't a rat, it was a mouse, but on Christmas Day, like five years ago, we realised we had a mouse in the house. And the way we found out was because it was eating our Christmas pudding. Oh, no! And that was just (laughs) heartbreaking. It was like, no! But but you had a great children's book after. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah! So, yeah, so we are, like, we live on top of rats. Rats live on top of us. And that would be the same for these rats that were infected with the plague and then dying, is they're just going to be everywhere that humans are as well. So the rats That's would... That's a great point. They, the rats would die from the plague too? Yeah, they would. Yeah. 
So they're the victims here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. You're not convincing me yet. I am loving this revisionism, this revisionist history here. Hold on to that feeling because it gets more. Because wow. the feeling is injustice. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they got killed by the plague and then blamed yeah. for it. And blamed for it. Yeah. It's so rude, isn't it? It's a lose-lose. Mm-hmm. So that that's what, in theory, we thought was happening with, basically. Uh, and it was obviously really bad because globalization was becoming a thing. So people were moving around so much more, especially ships, trade routes, stuff like that. Like, there was no escaping these infected rats or these rats that had these fleas on it, basically. So because rats are just so around us and they're so good at being around us and using our resources and the things that we waste, they happened to spread the plague. Therefore, 10 out of 10, they're gross. They deserve to be blamed for 75 people, 75 million people's deaths. <laughs> that is definitely the end of my section. There is nothing, nothing more to say. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Mm. Sus. 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 I don't know what you guys are talking about. I believe Caroline wholeheartedly. <laughs> Thank you, Amazing. Tom. <laughs> don't bamboozle me. <laughs> you, you might be about to get bamboozled tom i'm so sorry oh. um so this was the theory for literally hundreds of years oh wow this is how we thought the black death or the major big bubonic plague was spread we've blamed rats we've seen them as like dirty and gross and nasty because of this impact that they've had they killed a third of the population of europe and then a 2017 paper came out and basically was asking questions about this theory and possibly proposing an alternative theory. This is like serial vindication for rats. Vindication for, yeah. vindication for the rats. So I'm suddenly into true crime. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so according to National Geographic, for one, the Black Death tore through Europe far faster than any other plague outbreak that actually did have that like transmission so we do know that rats do spread diseases the black death though spread so much more quickly than it would have done if it was rat based Mm. additionally rat falls precede some of these other outbreaks uh, and a rat fall is basically large numbers of rats dying to spread the plague and there is actually no medieval records suggesting that rats were dying en masse. Hmm. Which really calls into question if that was what was going on, right? So these researchers and the the people who did this paper agree, suggesting that it's not clear where the belief that rats actually spread the plague came from in the first place. (gasps) That's a great point. This is like a universally accepted fact. It's a universally accepted fact. And this paper calls... All of that into question, basically. Oh, the paper's just like, is it? Did, did that actually happen, though? Uh, <laughs> did they, though? Yeah, literally. The researchers go on to say, there is little historical and archaeological support for such a claim. Which is a bold thing for a researcher to say, to be honest. Yeah. Like, you don't get a lot of scientists making such decisive statements, you know? Right. I've heard something about this theory that it wasn't rats. Yeah. Because I've I'm not a stranger to this topic. I've heard that some people think it was cats. Aliens. Ooh, interesting. Because at the time, Mm -hmm. people had cats 
to hunt the rats and the mice. So the cat and the cats were largely outdoor cats, right? They're yeah, just roaming yeah. through the streets, yeah. going into people's houses, usually not so much like in people's houses, mm -hmm. but people are, you know, taking care of their cats. So people are going to be intentionally putting themselves in proximity to the cats yeah. and the cats oh. are hunting the rats. So the fleas oh, are getting onto the cats and then people are loving on the cats Yeah, yeah. and the fleas get onto them from the cats. I mean, so it was the cats all along. I love that. <laughs> I will not take cat slander. <laughs> That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Nobody wants to blame the cat. You no. know, nobody wants to say, oh, these cats are giving us the plague and killing us mm -hmm. because you love your cat and you don't want it to be bad for you. Yeah, yeah. So you don't want, so you'd much rather say, oh, it must be the, the gross, smelly, greasy rats all <laughs> yeah, over the place, right? Absolutely. And the animal I already hate. Yeah. And actually, like, there's possibly is some truth in that. That's not what the paper suggests but definitely definitely in other breakouts of the plague as well we know that cats and dogs can get infected and be carriers of the plague so yeah so there's definitely got to be a level of truth in that um and obviously with the, these pets especially dogs you're inviting them into your home if they're going to pass away you're going to spend time with your pet as it passes away mm -hmm. and then the fleas are coming onto you Right, even if it isn't just dogs or just cats, yeah. it is very clearly bacteria, fleas, mm -hmm. rats, other animals. Yeah. As opposed to just rats. Yeah, absolutely. Is, again, wow. Would you like to know what this paper concluded? Yes, oh, please. Yeah. Yes, please. So the researchers looked at three models for infection. So three like paths for infection to occur. They looked at the rat flea. I do. They looked at possible airborne transmission because it could transmit through like droplets in like speaking and things like that in the same way that diseases and things like that that we've seen in recent years would spread. No, wait, why did you, you just skirt around the, the word COVID? Yeah, I really did. Yeah, I? yeah, yeah. In the same way that COVID would spread. <laughs> um, and then they also looked at fleas and ticks that were specific for humans to carry around. So cutting out the middleman of an animal and looking at humans spreading fleas from each other to each other. Mm. And like you said before, Ellen, people, uh, we started washing our hands, so people were just yeah. dirtier then, right? They never showered or bathed <laughs> or anything. People were so. dirty. People wore the same clothes all of the time because they didn't have the money to have lots of these things. If they had a flea infestation, that was going to be in their bedding, that was going to be in their home, there was going to be not very much that they could do about it. That was just how you're going to live. They were just nasty boys. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the researchers ran like a simulation or multiple simulations to see which of these models most closely resembled how the actual plague moved through Europe. Mm -hmm. And they found that it was most likely humans that were spreading them <gasps> rather than Makes rats. You Justice think. for rats. Mm -hmm. you, mm -hmm. you know that meme? The meme of Eric Andre shooting the guy behind him oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> that's us <laughs> shooting ourselves and being like why would rats do this <laughs> wow um yeah so basically we were blaming rats for the biggest pandemic in human history and there's a good chance that it was actually just humans being a bit a bit dirty that caused <laughs> this to happen i'm not saying that Rats haven't been responsible for spreading other diseases. 
they definitely have been. I would recommend not going and hugging your rat friend Tom down in the down in the subway. All right. But at least we probably can't blame them for the Black Death fully. Wow. So rats wow. now get an effectiveness of two out of ten for spreading yeah. the plague because yeah. they just probably didn't do it. This is a conspiratorial cover-up by Big Pest Control. (gasps) (laughs) I think this goes all the way to the top. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Agreed. Because, like, every time I try to do any research on any animal that's, like, seen as a pest animal, every search result that comes up is always from a pest control, like, service that's trying to convince you that this animal is so dangerous and harmful that you need to pay them money Mm -hmm. to come get them out of your house, right? So I uh, I think a lot of that is fueled by people who want to make a dollar off of you hating rats yeah, probably well as i'm going to cover a little bit in the miscellaneous slash aesthetics people have hated rats for a while i did yeah. see how they were already primed to dislike rats which makes them such an easy scapegoat right yeah, you can blame anything on rats and people do people blame all sorts of stuff on rats including the black death which just like there was no evidence for it and everybody was a bit like wait what evidence are we using what are we what are we blaming them for? Did Why? we even ask any of the rats if it was their fault? I don't think right. so. Thank you. Give them a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I I love the whole genre of scientific research that's like, did anyone check? <laughs> <laughs> Really, really, like, yeah, you know this really. thing we've just kind of accepted as truth for the last thousand years has anyone has anyone like, has anyone cross reference to this uh <laughs> did we google this are we sure <laughs> <laughs> little citation needed <laughs> is our source for this the dirty medieval times people because... <laughs> <laughs> who were like it definitely wasn't us it wasn't us at all <laughs> surely no, it was definitely, it was the rats. Uh-huh. You can, they can't tell you otherwise. It was like, Just write that down. Well, thank you, Caroline. This has been spectacular. I feel like we've set the record straight for the rats. I I know they're thankful for you coming to bat for them. I'm so, I, I'm really <laughs> hoping that I've maybe changed one person's mind about rats. You know, they're just, uh, they're just little guys. Give them a try. You know, they're, they're just cute little guys. guys. They don't deserve the hate that they get. They're just, they're just trying to live their best life. If they see a packet of crisps on the floor, they're going to go for it. Why wouldn't they? (laughs) The beautiful thing about pet rats is that if you run out of, like, rat food, you can feed them anything, right? (laughs) They they do not care. You can feed them literally whatever, right? And so a lot of times I would just feed them, like, I don't know, Ritz crackers, right? Like... (laughs) strawberries i don't care Aww. you know like give them whatever and uh which unfortunately meant that if anything like when i would let them out of their cage to just kind of like roam around the room a little bit which was not very often like not for like extended periods mm, of time mm-hmm. you know because they do one thing about rats is that they do pee uh everywhere they go they leave a little trail of urine behind them mice do it as well they don't actually have like control over their bladders it's not like it. Yeah. they're not doing it on oh. purpose it's just oh. happening I constantly didn't know, that. I didn't know that either. Yeah, so like I would have to kind of like lay down like towels basically and stuff that I had like specifically for them so that they could kind of roam a little bit. But if I had any sort of snack anywhere in my room, they would chew through literally any container that like they could chew through plastic. They could chew Whoa. through like um rubber. Like they can <gasps> chew through a ridiculous amount of stuff that like Oh my goodness. They're, and there's and they're so clever about it too. Where, like they can find <laughs> the weak spots or like find exactly no way. where Oh my gosh, it's incredible. That's why you like a lot of times you'll hear about people like when people have rat infestations in their house Mm. they'll chew through electrical wires right they'll chew through like wiring and wire casing 
another thing about about rats is that they they're they're pretty big right mm, they're mm-hmm. like probably two feet if you include their tail so they're pretty big <laughs> they're like made of goop like if you've ever tried to pick up a rat they're so like liquidy do you know what i mean the fluid dynamics mm. yes their their bones are very bendy they've got like a a huh. tiny little skeleton inside yeah. just like lots of fleshy and fur it's just they're like they're a bit like cats in that yeah. way they're like they're, oh, they yes. have the kind of liquid property like yeah. non-newtonian fluid mm-hmm. property <laughs> of cats where they just kind of like they're very fluid and that means that they can squeeze into very very tiny spaces right. yeah. so like it, this is a big problem when you have a cage for rats because you might think they can't get through the bars but they can <laughs> they're so sneaky what you're telling me, Ellen, is that well, there needs to be a rat heist movie. Because first they cut the power, then then they squeeze through holes, <gasps> and then they cut a perfect hole at the weak spot of whatever mm-hmm. they're getting at. It's a ratatouille, con. but like Ocean's ratatouille. And like, <laughs> you can train rats as well to do stuff, can't you? So you could totally train a rat to do a, a bank heist for you, Tom. If you put the effort in, you could do it. You could make it happen. <laughs> Securing free beef and dairy all day. Max Fun Drive. Hey, chef, we got another one. Another Max Fun Drive. People know it's the best time to support the shows they love. You tell them our meetup day is back? Sure did. They wanted to know about the live streams, though. Those are finishing up right now. We can even send one out on the first night, March 20th. March 20th, chef! I'll give them a heads up. Uh, They also wanted the limited time thank you gifts for new and upgrading members. Yep, and we got some fresh episodes ready to go, too. All right, we got exciting live streams, meetup day, fresh episodes, limited time gifts. Oh, and Boca! Yeah, um, okay, let them know that Max Fun Drive 2023 will be ready on um, March 20th, and it'll only be two weeks. Two weeks, chef! Max Fun Drive starts on March 20th for just two weeks. No problem. Order up! Shoot, I forgot their water. The second category we, we rate our animals on is yours, Dr. Ella. This is ingenuity, so like behaviors the animal is doing with their body um, that let them solve problems that they face or navigate their uh, little rat world. And also on Let's Learn Everything you answer a question from somebody so this is this is your department dr ella yeah what do you give rats out of 10 for ingenuity so i hands down give them a 10 out of 10 Ooh! incredibly incredibly intelligent creatures and we're going to find out now why yes in many ways because the question element of this is what have we learned about rats from behavioral studies Mm. Oh, interesting. Oh, I love that. Um, Because rats are invaluable scientific tools, as well as being incredibly cute. Um, (laughs) And before we get into it, there's a, I should make a caveat here. The rats that Caroline was referring to, that's um, primarily black rats and brown rats. That's Rattus ratus as black rat and Rattus norvegicus is a brown rat. So the, the genus Rattus is the only true rat. Other other things have the name rat in, but this is the only rat. So the, the rats I'm talking about here, they're specifically Rattus norvegicus domestica, which is the domesticated version of the brown rat. It's what you would have had as pets, Ellen, or a, a, a type, because they come in different flavours. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
and they're called fancy rats these rats which is that mm-hmm. um, oh. really lovely oh. <laughs> one of mine was also in addition to being a fancy rat it was a dumbo rat oh the big ears right <gasps> yes he had big huge ears that are like low down on the side of the oh, face so- she would give it this like droopy little face and at one point i had one that unfortunately didn't get along with my other rat so i could not keep him but he was called a velveteen rat where his fur was curly oh i have to google this immediately (laughs) oh my goodness so lab rats um they're they're fancy rats but uh, there's a few different types of them but typically they're that typical albino rat red eyes white fur Mm. Um, oh yeah yeah so to answer this question, what have we learned from the behavioural studies? We're going to play a game <gasps> called Rats Can. Um, oh. <laughs> I love this. I'm going to say something that rats can do. And you need to tell me if it's true or false. Ooh. Love it. Um, with justification if you want. So Show your work. <laughs> uh, rats can laugh. True or false? Whoa. I'm going to say yes, because I've heard it. (laughs) (gasps) Oh, what do we mean when you say a laugh? Yeah, because I mean, on the subway, I've done my tight five, my set to some rats and they haven't (laughs) laughed, but that could just be me also. They're a tough crowd. Listen, they've heard a lot of routines. I mean, they they go to like the comedy cellar like every night. My God. Um, I'm going to say yes, just because I feel like because that would be it cool feels but honestly, right. my intuition is no yeah yeah so you're going with yes well you're all correct <gasps> nailed it researchers have found specifically when rats are tickled oh. they make <gasps> ultrasonic chirping noises like a little rat giggle mm-hmm. and they also show other joyful responses like wiggling around and they will chase uh, your hand around to be tickled more they love it oh oh, oh i'm being convinced oh. to have a rat pet now this is amazing in addition to the giggling there's also something that they do called bruxing have you ever heard oh, of this oh yes but they squish no. them it's their teeth they oh, like kind of uh. grind their little teeth together and it makes a very super quiet they have to be like up next to your ear but they'll rub their teeth together and it makes this little like mm. scritchy scritch sound and it's like a little happy oh. sound i used to have one that would sit on my shoulder and he would make this little bruxing sound right in my ear so it's like cute. it's like a cat purring you know yeah. it's so cute well this rat tickling thing is actually being studied now as something to increase la- uh, lab rat welfare something no that they're way. yeah cuz you have to impride enrichment for them you know they're still animals they're still mm-hmm. um, and want and they're looking into how you can use tickling to increase their happiness Aww. while they're in the lab which is very sweet <laughs> i love that so much <laughs> so the next question or the next rats can is rats can sing songs i don't know about this one yeah i'm going to i'm going to go for no i really want it to be true right yes but I'm, I'm gonna also going to say, gonna no. say no. I'm going to mix it up a bit then. I'm going to go yes, just so that we have different scores at the end of nice, this. Nice, yeah. good. Well, it, uh, it's false. The facts that cut will come out as false are what ones I've just gotten from other animals. You know, we call the sounds the whales make whale song, but it turns out they hmm. actually the South Pacific humpback whale they repeat specific melodies that spread from whales rather than like proper songs that they sing. Wow! So that's fun. Very cool. But moving up back to rats. Rats can <laughs> hold funerals. Yes, I'm going to say yes immediately. It just feels because they're such social animals and they're so smart that I think they must have some sort of 
behavior. Oh! I'm gonna say no, just because I feel like this is a crow thing. I, I was gonna say no, because I think it's crows. Oh, I might change my mind and go no. Oh, but I want it to be true! I'm gonna say true. Go with your heart. Go yeah. with your heart. Okay. Um, unfortunately, it's false. No! Rats do not hold funerals. Elephants do. They show ritualistic behavior. They like stand vigil over their dead. They lay leaves mm. around the body. They stroke <gasps> the body in like wow. specific ways. Rats don't do this that we know of, but rats do grieve. Yeah. Oh, for sure. okay. <laughs> Which is sad. It is. Sorry, Caroline, you're really, you're really... taking a... <laughs> oh, taking a hit here, aren't I? Yeah. Rats can dream. Yes. That sounds like a yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say yes. Yeah, easy. Yeah. <laughs> the dream but of cheese, baby. Do you know what rats dream about? Uh, owning a restaurant in Paris. Being, <laughs> being tickled. Training Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> well, here's the thing. We think we know what rats actually dream about. Because Are you kidding me? One study seemed to find that they might dream about their plans for the next day. No, <gasps> no way. way. So, in this study, yeah, yeah. what's what's on a rat's Google Calendar? <laughs> oh, I have a podcast recorded noon today. Oh. <laughs> He's got a busy day, and it's they. The study they showed a rat a treat that was uh, at the end of a course that they could see, but they couldn't get to at that time. When the rat mm. went to sleep, they monitored their brain activity, and the neurons that fired up represented the root to the treat wow oh my gosh suggesting that they were dreaming about running down the path to the treat <gasps> holy moly that's so cool literally dreaming of success yeah if a rat can do it so can i you know <laughs> dream so, big now i'm just thinking about like dreams as a um analog to describing intelligence right because it, it's like it shows some pattern of thought that then can kind of like express itself that's so mm. interesting like anticipation or like imagination right yeah. that you yeah, can yeah, yeah, yeah. conceive of something that isn't physical reality yet yes it's very interesting uh so our next rats can uh rats can work as a team yeah oh, absolutely yes. Yeah. yeah yes researchers have found that rats when they're doing mazes they complete them significantly faster as a group <gasps> no oh. way um, and they even make time for play fights and, so you know, having just a good time together when they're doing it, which is lovely. Aww. While giggling. While giggling away. <laughs> <laughs> All these are so easy, but for, it's still fun. Rats can so participate in democracy. I'm sorry? Legally, no. I'm going to say no. <laughs> because they can't reach the age of 18, so they legally can't vote. It's, it's legal for, for the animals by animal law that's true <gasps> so i'm now thinking like if it's not a rat what other animal can participate in a democracy i i'm gonna go for yeah I want it there's to some be like true. experiment where like they vote on a thing indirectly in some yeah. way mm, okay that makes more sense i'm still gonna say no though ellen's right it's false <sighs> they can't that we know of that we know of. <laughs> Fun. Love that. But in the subway, rats rule. <laughs> <laughs> we find like little ballot boxes. <laughs> African painted dogs have been observed using sneezes to decide when to move out for a hunt. 
they move only when they reach a quorum of sneezing. <laughs> Get out of town. Wow. wow. That's really interesting. I hadn't heard that before. That's so cool. Yeah. And when their leader dies, they will vote for her successor, because um, it's always a female, by whooping and hooting. Girl boss. Whoop, whoop. I love that. <laughs> That's so cool. This next one's super easy. Rats can feel empathy. Yeah. Of oh, course. of course. Mm hmm. I suppose so. I suppose that's easy, but that's also... I hadn't fr heard it phrased like that. Uh, yeah, I suppose yes. Multiple studies have found that so if you trap a rat in a container that can be opened by another rat on the outside, the free rat, an area of its brain will light up that's associated with empathy in humans, and it, oh. will, open, and it will open the container for the other rat, which is in distress. But there is a caveat. Ooh. The rat's will only help other rats that they perceive as members of their social group. Oh, interesting. So nepotism. I was going to say like, oh, Derek, you, you put yourself in this. My God, <laughs> you're, you're always getting into trouble. They just don't feel the same level of empathy if the rat, if they don't know the rat already, or it's not the same uh, genetic type as them. Which I would argue is even more complex, right? Because if they were always yeah. helping, then it would almost yeah. it would mm -hmm. almost be like naivety. But this is this empathy <laughs> of like understanding. I mean, first of all, recognizing individual rats, but then also having uh, that knowledge about them is very mm. interesting. It implies a, a level of trust. Yeah. yeah. Where you're like, I know you. I should help you because we understand each other and we trust each other. I know you're not going to fight me as soon as I let you out, right? But if they don't know them, they could be like, I could let you out and you could immediately like be on my neck, right? Mm -hmm. And so they're like, I don't know, maybe. Yeah, that's interesting because you have to trust each other for that. Yeah. Yeah. So next one, rats can have accents. <laughs> Again, I've wanted all of these to be true. Hey, squeak, squeak. <laughs> <laughs> Southern rats, their squeaks are actually like multiple syllables. <laughs> and vocal fry on the West Coast. I'm going to say this one's not true, just because I think I'm aware of a different animal that has an accent. And therefore, yeah, I'm going to stick with that. Yeah, I'm going to go for no. I don't know if they can vocalize much, but... They, they can squeak. I've definitely heard of like cetaceans having accents mm. like orcas and dolphins but mm. i don't know if that necessarily excludes rats from having them mm. yes yeah, so a lot mm -hmm. of, a lot of things we've talked about apply to other animals right yeah. i know that they do kind of squeak at each other to socialize i don't know how much variation you can get in that squeak like i don't know if that squeak can be different enough to do an accent mm -hmm. i'm gonna say no well you're all correct they can't I don't think it's because the squeaks don't have enough range because naked mole rats mm. can uh, have a have accents. Oh. Wow. Those are funky animals. I yeah. love them so <laughs> much. There's nothing normal about those things. No. <laughs> bizarre, bizarre creatures. And um, goats also have accents. Mm, I think it was goats Ooh. I'd heard before. Yeah. So next one. Rats can make friends with robots. Oh, I say yeah, baby. I'm I'm immediately like yeah. How similar is the robot to a rat? Like, does is it a robot made to look like a rat, or is it just like a little like a you know battle bot? Mm. The um, robot is the size and rough shape of the animal, but it doesn't look like it. It doesn't look uh, like it at all. I'm gonna say yes. I think so. That's a total guess. I don't have a reason for that. 
It just feels right. You're all correct. Again, rats can make friends with robots. No way! Specifically, one study found they housed the rats with that little rat-shaped robots. They were either It was either an asocial robot, so it just moved backwards and forwards randomly and side to side, or it was a social robot, so it followed the rat around, it like interacted with its toys. And the thing I talked about before about the empathy, they did the same thing where they trapped the robots in little boxes that the rats could free them from. No, no way. way! And the rats would free the social robots, but not the asocial robots that they didn't have a connection to. That's amazing. Wow. I would be curious to know if they had any way of determining whether the rat felt differently about the robot mm. than it did about its fellow rat friends. Like if it, if it knew that it was different, but was still like, isn't that adorable though? Being like, you're a little different, but we're still friends. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like you're a little different, but I accept you for who you are. <laughs> like how cats think that like uh, humans are just like weird bad cats, yeah. but like but rats think that these robots is just like oh, <laughs> you're just <laughs> you're just a dumb big rat. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Maybe they're like they're pitying the robot. They're like oh honey oh <laughs> bless his heart. <laughs> we gotta do something. This poor rat. <laughs> Our final one is rats can drive. I think this is a yes. <sighs> I want it to be yes. I wanted all of these to be a yes, but this one the most. I really want this to be a yes. <laughs> I think I'm going to say yes. All saying yes. I have a mental image of a little rat on like a Segway and it's yeah. adorable and I don't want to let it go. <laughs> um, you're all you're all right. And that's a full <gasps> crushed it so this is so great so researchers they built a tiny car oh my out of, uh, like a clear plastic food container they put wheels on it and there were copper bars at the front and the the uh the rat would stand on a metal bar so when it um, touched the copper bars it was completing a circuit wow. so it could push it forward or to either side by touching the side of the vehicle and they were trained to drive them by they put a treat further out of its reach and it could only get to it by driving the car towards it um, and then they learned to drive. So one of the researchers in the study, uh, Kelly Lambert, said they learned to navigate the car in unique ways and engage in steering patterns they had never used to eventually arrive at the reward. Wow. And also driving relaxed them as well. They had lower levels of stress oh, no hormones way. after driving. Yeah. It was like enriching for them. They really enjoyed it. When you said techniques, I'm imagining them like parallel parking, like doing the thing where you like put your hands behind the passenger wheel to like look behind you and stuff like that. Probably better at it than I am. It's funny, but like it's like very precise motor control to be able to like steer. Mm. Right, totally. Mm, so impressive. You describe that container as a car, but I can easily uh, twist this in my mind to say that rats can pilot a Gundam in theory. We <laughs> <laughs> need a little rat mech. Rat mech. Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking of like a Mario Kart game that's all little rat. Oh, oh my god, that'd yes. be so cute. <gasps> there could be a little rat racing game. You could call it rat race, obviously. Mm -hmm. Oh! We're coming up with some great ideas today, folks. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Have you seen Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse? Yeah. Is it like a hamster or a mouse that's piloting the... Oh no, it's a spider! <laughs> what am I talking about? <laughs> well, there's a girl who has a mecha in Into the Spider-Verse, yeah, right? Yeah, the, the spider is piloting the mecha right is it yeah i thought that was just a theme i thought that was just no an no aesthetic. i think that sh she's <laughs> the girl and then there's the spot the in the radioactive spider is piloting the mech instantly like we have to confirm this 
You're thinking of Into the Ratverse, which is our <laughs> movie that we're going to make. Yeah, Penny Parker, and she had a spider who <laughs> a robot. <laughs> According to the Wikipedia page on Penny Parker, she pilots a psychically powered mech suit built by her father known as the SPDR, which is partially controlled by a radioactive spider that also shares a psychic link with her. Amazing. Oh, so they're like literally like Jaeger uh, Pacific Rimming it. <gasps> yes. Wow. Wow. <laughs> This is so off topic. Sorry. Anyway, that. <laughs> so I want to be psychically connected to a rat that can pilot a mecha. That's actually what Ratatouille is about. It but is. you're the mecha. Oh, it is. Yeah. It literally is. So just to finish this up, Kelly Lambert, who uh, did that study, said, I do believe that rats are smarter than most people perceive them to be, and that most animals are smarter in unique ways than we think. And on that point, you know, many of these studies that we talked about are done to get an insight into human behavior specifically. For example, that empathy study, um, you know, it's like about how understanding why people are more likely to help uh, be empathetic to people who look like them. But for me, what these studies showed is that rats are just incredible creatures that have complex little lives and they adapt and they learn and they love. And they dream. Then they dream. They dream about driving a car. <laughs> <laughs> 10 out of 10. All of this endears you to a rat. And you know what is so sad is that they only have a lifespan of like two to three years. It's crazy. It's so short. And it's like, that's so much life to pack into a short amount of time. Yeah. yeah. Like that's such like an intense, like emotional density of mm -hmm. a lifespan. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That makes me, they're so like, to be so like emotionally intelligent and then, I don't know, I hope they don't perceive their own morality. <laughs> More immortality. Yeah. They're truly lightning in a bottle. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, to sum that all up, you're telling us that a rat could dream about driving a car to save its robot friend from a cage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. And now, a live reading from Rachel's Poetry Corner. Elephants Theremin's Clifton, Neopets Poorstrips Jepson. Pine smell, jelly beans, goalie goals, skittles, squirrels, and the mole. Celery chopsticks, pumpernickel, a case of you by Joni Mitchell. Lullabies, tie-dye, the more you know. All of these things on our wonderful show. All these things and more wait for you on Wonderful every Wednesday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you download podcasts. Since we're all gushing about how incredible and adorable rats are, great opportunity to talk aesthetics for rats, which for our podcast is the final category that we rate animals on. This is Tom's category. This time you're going to tell us how nice you think rats are to look at. And also for Let's Learn Everything, this is where you bring in some miscellaneous stuff, some miscellaneous information, oh, yeah. some little treats. Take it away. I got to hear, what do you give rats out of 10 for aesthetics? So... I will defend this. This doesn't sound good. I'm not going to lie to you, Alan. I'm going to give rats a 6 out of 10. And I mean that with all of my heart. And we'll we'll talk about why that is the best score I could give a rat, actually. That's fair, that's fair, that's fair, that's fair. So the, the aesthetic history of rats goes all the way back. I think that's why they're so easy to blame, even during the Middle Ages. You know, even before that, they had a bad reputation. Mm -hmm. uh, there's an Aesop's fable that describes a rat as having, quote, the bad reputation all rats have. Okay. Wow. Um, but my favorite example of, of rats in sort of like old lore 
um, for like their aesthetic and their vibe uh, is the story of the Chinese Zodiac. Are y'all familiar with that story? Not the story. No. I'm familiar with the, the animals of the Chinese Zodiac, yeah. but I'm not familiar so, with the story. The story goes that when the Chinese Zodiac cycle was created, the Jade Emperor of Heaven, Hell, and Earth held a race between 12 animals to cross a river. And that would determine the order of the yearly cycles is, is who got there first. And so in the story, what the rat does is it sits on top of an ox's head as it crosses the river and then at the last second jumps oh. out. Um, and that's why it's, it's, it is first in the uh, year of the Chinese Zodiac. And, you know, the rat is often characterized as being intelligent for this. Uh, but my main takeaway from that is, like, how was that a fair race? That doesn't <laughs> seem... Also competing in this race is literally a dragon um, who, in the story, um, the, the dragon comes in fifth because it, like, has to fly away and, like, help some villagers along the way, which, like, big, big whoop, blah, blah. <laughs> Stay um, focused. Stay focused, yeah, dragon. Yeah, you know, the rats over here are, like... Looking at this raging river being like, hey, can we do literally any other test? <laughs> um, and so to me, the rat is as much a symbol of intelligence as it is of perseverance against preconceptions. Like in spite of the bad reputation, in spite of always getting the short end of the stick. And that story also mirrors a similar modern day story of rat perseverance, uh, a story about a rat which has as much personal and cultural importance to me as the Chinese Zodiac, um, a rat that Ella and Caroline might not be familiar with, but I hope Ellen is um, a rat who goes by the name of Charles Entertainment Cheese, otherwise uh, <laughs> <laughs> known as Chuck E. Cheese. Please tell me you guys know about Charles Entertainment Cheese. <laughs> yes, I know Ch what Chuck E. Cheese is. <laughs> I had no clue that that's what Chuck E. Cheese actually like <laughs> stood for. Oh, that's his full legal name, baby. Wow! Is that actually you? I thought you were just no. That's Charles Entertainment Cheese. That's so funny. <laughs> so, um, I didn't know this. Nolan Bushnell was the founder of Atari. And he had an idea to basically make a pizza place where the kids could then also play Atari arcade games. And that restaurant was, of course, named... Charles Entertainment Cheese. Coyote Pizza. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> Which is a better name. Yeah. <laughs> that was the name they planned on. And Bushnell told The Atlantic uh, one day, he said... I saw this coyote costume. I went over, gave them my credit card, and then had them ship it to the restaurant. Now I had my coyote. He then goes on... I went to where animatronic engineers were working and said, how's the coyote coming? And they said, what coyote? You sent us a rat costume. <laughs> I said, I'll just change the name to Rick's Rats Pizza. Rick's Rat? Rick, oh my Rick God. Rats Pizza. Rick Rats Pizza. <laughs> now, that doesn't, that's, who wants to buy pizza from Rick Rats? Well, that's exactly what the marketing team said. They're like, are you kidding me? This is what we have to work with? <laughs> Bushnell said that the marketing team said, quote, you can't call a restaurant a rat place. People think rats are dirty. It's not going to work. But uh, they, they did. They changed the name to Chuck E. Cheese, so not Rick Rat's Pizza. And it worked, I will also say. Now, this mix-up, was that chance? Or was that a team of rats working together to sneak their way, uh, just like they did in the first, in the Chinese Zodiac story? Who can say? It's a mystery loss of time. That was their PR department. But as InfoWorld reported in 1981, rat dishes up pizza and computerized entertainment. Um, and, you know, though it went through some rough patches, against all odds, 
Charles the Rat stood the test of time until they betrayed my boy in 2012. So the former voice of Chuck described that change happened as they morphed Chuck E. Cheese from a joke-telling, sometimes off-color New Jersey rat to a lovable mainstream mouse who could sing. Yeah, I, I thought it was a mouse. You'd think that Disney would have something to say about that. You'd think they'd be like, um, excuse <laughs> like, me. Like, stay in your lane. I don't think you will. <laughs> but in other words, they abandoned him for a more aesthetically pleasing animal, the mouse which cowards has got to be the most hurtful blow to any rat like that's the most common microaggression for a rat right is being called a mouse or something like that <laughs> um, and you know so corporate of course would like use the lingo that they were like retiring the old chuck uh but this we're just sending him to a farm <laughs> and picarillo from the new jersey patch knew what was going on when she reported the headline Joyzy Rat gets the axe. Um, and then the subheadline goes, Chuck E. Cheese pink slips its 35-year-old New Jersey rat mascot. Pink slips. Wow. Just, just goes to show how a rat can sneak its way in the front door, climb that ladder of success, build up a brand, and then get pushed off the moment the weather changes. And rats are the ones with the bad reputation. But finally, I like to think... Maybe Chuck moved from New Jersey across the river to the city where rats are truly thriving. New York City, baby! <laughs> As the Atlantic put it, quote, New York City is a place where rats climb out of toilets, bite babies in their cribs, crawl on sleeping commuters, take over a Taco Bell restaurant, and drag an entire slice of pizza down the subway stairs. On that point, Tom, earlier this year, there were a bunch of stories coming out in the British newspapers about rats that were swimming up toilets mm -hmm. and biting people while they're on the toilet. And it was like a, like a craze. There was like a moral panic <laughs> in the UK over people being like, am I going to get bit by a, by a, a rat? <laughs> it's like, no, probably not. <laughs> but I feel like stories about things coming up your toilet and biting you while you go to the bathroom are like, it's always something, right? It's either it's a spider or it's a snake or something's going to come out of your toilet. But rats are especially good at it because they're very good. They're very strong swimmers, right? They're excellent swimmers. Yeah. Which is something you don't expect. Yeah. And then no. you see one swimming and you're like, dang, that thing's really going. Yeah. They probably could have won that race on their own. They could have played fair and square. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, maybe. Work smarter, not harder. <laughs> yeah, see, that's it. So there's an urban legend that there are as many rats as people in New York City. Um, wow. So that's about 8 million. Though a study in 2014 estimated that there could be um, only 2 million, which I found really funny because NPR reported this as like, they said, quote, a paltry 2 million. When, like, that's not even an order of magnitude difference. That's still a lot of rats. That was a lot of rats. <laughs> that is a lot of rats. Mm -hmm. It's like, guys, I guess it's not 8 million. It's just 2 million. <laughs> that's still a lot um, of I would have thought it would be the other way around. I would have thought there would be more rats than people. Because if you think of, like, population density, yeah. like, mm. you could have, like, a building that might house, like, I don't know, 100 people. That building could have way more than 100 rats. Like, mm -hmm, the same mm -hmm. amount of space would yield way more rats. <laughs> Uh, definitely admits its flaws, especially because tracking populations as is is already difficult. But like tracking rat populations in the most populated city that has all these like restrictions, I'm sure I'm sure for like research and stuff like that is is even more difficult. So who's to say? And as as much as there are some 
legitimate health issues with uh, rats in cities, you have to give it to them when it comes to their tenacity. The New York Times uh, had this really spicy quote where they go, uh, there have been 109 mayors of New York, and it seems nearly as many mayoral plans to snuff out the scourge of rats. Their collective record is, a- is approximately zero to 108. <laughs> um, what a KDR. I guess it was written by a rat. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. L, you look like you're having a crisis. I, so you said there were 2 million rats in New York City. That's an estimate. Yeah. I just Googled how many rats are in London, which is about the same size as New York City. Uh-huh. Um, there are 20 million rats <laughs> in London. That's a lot of rats. Fascinating. Y'all better start talking nice about rats real quick. Oh, I'm feeling really good about my topic now. Yeah. I'm feeling so much better. <laughs> Wow, that's crazy. I'm so sorry. I that my, the look of sh- horror that like on my face then <laughs> that filled me up. You know, I love them, but that's that's a lot. Ten times more in the same space. Wow. Well, it's more than there are people in London. So you're you're right, Ellen. I will say, of all of the city rats, my favorite are the subway rats. I find them so amazing. I I think of the, they feel like kind of, for me, it's like seeing like a flower growing out of concrete. Like (laughs) I find them very beautiful that they manage to, first of all, most of the time they stay out of people's way and then they crawl off to God knows where they're just vibing. I was really hoping I'd be able to find like a poem or like a piece of literature to capture my love of subway rats. And then I realized that would be antithetical to like what subway rats are. Uh, and so instead, I found a tweet. This is a tweet from uh, <laughs> at best in show, S-I-O. And the tweet goes, Subway rat made eye contact with me and said, join us. When the train comes, we slide under the tracks and feel it rumble over us like a warm thunderstorm. We live forever and we love to live. I said, no, thank you. I am too large. He turned away from me. I cried. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. I love that. As someone of Chinese heritage born in New Jersey and living in New York City, rats have found a weird way to sneak into not only my history, but also my heart. But I'm not going to lie to you, Alan. I'm not going to give rats a 10 out of 10. I am going to give them the aesthetic score of 6 out of 10 because 6 out of 10 is the Yelp rating of a grungy hole-in-the-wall pizza place that you know you may turn your nose up at, but is always open and will serve you the best slice of pizza of your entire life. And that's that's the rat aesthetic. That is completely valid. I am thankful that we have a New Yorker's perspective on rats. Because my perspective on rats is very much from like being around them in a controlled situation that mm. like I have chosen to be around this rat in this moment, right? Like I'm in control of this encounter with this rat. We're here on my terms. I enter the subway, I'm entering their domain. <laughs> like you are in their element. And so and so, you know, I'm I'm glad to have the the perspective of someone who is in rat tropolis. Um <laughs> The thing that a lot of people told me, because I I worked at a pet store for a few years, and the pet store I worked at sold rats. And every single time, and my husband even shares this opinion, people would say, I can't stand the tail. 
Oh, yeah. The tail is the deal breaker because most of the rat is cute and fluffy mm-hmm. and, you know, furry and, and the fancy rats have cute little markings on them and stuff. And then you get to the tail and the tail is bald and scaly. That being said, there are, uh, I believe there is a breed of fancy rat that is bred to not have a tail. Oh, no so there are tailless rats. I don't know how ethical it is. I, I don't feel good about that. Because <laughs> it's an important balancing mechanism. They use them for balance. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's probably not great. But, I mean, if you have the kind of rat that's going to be living a very cushy lifestyle that's not going to need to balance on mm, stuff, maybe it's mm-hmm. maybe it's okay. But, yeah. yeah, a lot of people don't like the tail. I'm weirdly pro-tail. I don't know. I yeah, weird. me neither. I didn't think it was a big deal. <laughs> Thank you so much, y'all, for being here and sharing your your time and your knowledge and your enthusiasm with us. I always wrap up by letting people know where our listeners can find you, where they can follow your podcast, follow along with your work on social media. Let's kind of go right back down that list again. Uh, And you can, first of all, talk about Let's Learn Everything, the podcast, um, what you can expect from the podcast, and then where folks can find you. Let's start with Caroline. So our podcast is Let's Learn Everything, where you get all three of us hanging out together you can find all of the information for that for at let's learn everything pod.com including a discord server where you can come and hang out with us and chit chat and stuff we have just launched some merch as well a little plug for that which is so cool and yeah just more of this goodness in the future i think from us we post every other thursday so yeah come and hang out with us then I would also like to say y'all's podcast is not as family friendly as ours is. So just is keep that in mind. If you're listening with kids, that's mm-hmm. a after the kids have gone to bed podcast. Yeah. Parents do tell us that they let their kids listen to it. So it's really up to you. Yes. Yeah. We use curse words and sometimes talk about delicate subjects. It's not necessarily um, at not for um, young people, but not young children. For sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. <laughs> Caroline, did you say where people can like follow you like personally on social ah, media? Yeah, so I am Caroline the Bug everywhere, including Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. So come and check me out there. I don't post very often these days, but it's still nice to have you guys there with us. For sure. I am Dr. Big Science Energy on TikTok. <laughs> I really need to change that, I think. Um, and... Nope, no you don't. <laughs> and I'm Ella Hubber on, on Twitter, but don't follow me there because I just... Uh talk about science but not like in a fun way (laughs) (laughs) and i am tom lum person on all places and yeah go listen to let's learn everything and uh hopefully soon we're quite busy but hopefully soon we'll also have ellen on so that'll be a good time yeah absolutely literally anytime i look for any excuse to come vibe with y'all thank you so much for having us on ellen and thank you so much for having us all here <laughs> This is today. such a joy to do. We, you, you would be so welcome. Oh, yeah. Anytime. It's been so much fun. This is like the most people that have ever been on this podcast at once. So you handled us all very well. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> really? Sometimes we take a bit it of was... wrangling, you know, so you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you wrangled us very well. You largely wrangled yourselves. <laughs> Just like rats, we can work cooperatively. <laughs> yeah. That's true. We're a big, happy teamwork family. Now, which one of us is the robot? it's it's we know
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.